the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The title of our message today is Arise, Part 2. Arise, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isaiah 60, the first verse. The Lord has a message for the church today. Arise, your glory has come. God is giving his people visions and dreams. Peter is talking to a crowd and he says this in Acts 2.17. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. We cannot ignore any longer visions and dreams that God is giving unto the church. God is pouring out his spirit over the church. This is an important time to inquire of the Holy Spirit, asking him, visit my children. Ask him, visit your children with his presence. When the Holy Spirit visits them with his presence, it will change their life. And now is the time to take hold of that vision that God has for their life. Now, this place is not our home. We must prepare and get ready and use our money, our influence to build the kingdom of God. This year is a year of preparation to prepare to lay the foundation for the coming of Christ. He is preparing us because this foundation that he is building is in the heavens for the earth. Influence will be given to be used for the kingdom of God. God is going to prosper his word in the days that we live in the prosperity is going in for the latter days because it's been too long with people have become so comfortable and God. Yes, he is shaking the nation and the nations of the world. 
people who God can trust. That's who, who will not harbor their influence and their wealth, that will not use it personally. That's who God is rising up to serve him. Won't you allow him to raise you up? Today, God is saying this to the church. It's in Zechariah 1. It's a call to return to the Lord. In the eighth month, the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah. The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, tell the people, Zechariah, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaim. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. They would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your ancestors now? And the prophets, do they live forever? Did not my words and my decrees, which I command my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? Then they repented and said, the Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and our practices deserve, just as he determined to do. Now watch what the love of the Lord does. Watch what he does here. This is what he is about to say to the world now. Watch the Lord of heaven's army proclaim his next action. Zechariah 1, 7 to 12. The word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah. During the night, I had a vision. And there before me was a man mounted on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees. Behind him was a red, brown, and white horses. And I inquired, what are these, my Lord? The angel who was talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, These are the ones who the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the myrtle trees. We have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and peace. Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the towns of Judah, which you have been angry with these 70 years? So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, and I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but they went too far with the punishment. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is you, the church, with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt. You are Jerusalem. Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. The temple, his house will be rebuilt. This means God will have his way. Verse 17, proclaim further. This is what the Lord Almighty says. My towns will again overflow with prosperity and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. The Lord is saying he will rebuild and his operation of compassion is already in place. He has staked out the rebuilding. He is taking the church to a place of prosperity. He is speaking about prosperity from within. Prosperity begins from the inside. Deuteronomy 28 says, whatever you touch will prosper. Someone come on, shout with me today. 
Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will decree a blessing on your barns and on everything that you put your hand to. The Lord will give a blessing on your land that he has given you. The Lord will establish you as the holy people, just as he has sworn to do. Now here, now here is the turning point. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Oh, my goodness. We could stop right there and revival could break out. Prosperity comes from within. It comes from within and then it comes up on the flesh. Remember, Jacob in the Old Testament, he worked for his father, what soon was to be his father-in-law, but he was working to have the right to marry Rachel. So the father-in-law, his land, everything he had prospered while Jacob was there. His livestock prospered. His crops prospered. Everything that Lebanon had prospered while Jacob was there taking care of all the land and everything that was within his father-in-law's hands. And he began to realize that prosperity was following Jacob. It wasn't the land. It wasn't because of him. It was because Jacob carried a blessing of the Lord with him. And Zechariah, he is saying he was angry with the ancestors, but he says, come back to me and I'll come back to you. Don't be like your parents. Leave your evil ways and leave your evil practices. He's pleading with the church. Remember the horse and the rider. They went out to check out the earth. Our Lord's message from this in God's word is saying, I am sending a word of comfort, Valerie. Comfort the people. He says, tell my people that in this message, I deeply care for you. That's what he's saying. I deeply care for you, Joseph. I deeply care for you, David. I deeply care for you, Connie. I deeply care for you, Karen. I deeply care for you, Roger. I deeply care for you, David. Put your name in that place. He's saying, I deeply care for you. I care deeply for you. I am very possessive, says the Lord. But I was moderately angry with them. But now I will come back to my church, but with compassion. And I will see that my temple is rebuilt. That's what he was saying in that passage of Zechariah. He's preparing the bride for Jerusalem to be back in his favor again. God is talking to the church in Isaiah 14. But not so with Jacob. God will have compassion on Jacob. Once again, he will choose Israel. He will establish them in their own country. Outsiders will be attracted and throw their lot in with Jacob. God is saying what he is going to do for the church. Now his plan has been revealed. So prepare for the arrival of the Lord. And Matthew twenty-two fourteen, it tells us that many are called, but few are chosen. The chosen ones are the ones that will go through the trial. And when they go through a trial like the world is facing right now, they remain disciplined. They stay under the shadow of the Almighty. They have chosen the way of the Lord. These are the ones who is, she is truly going to bless. In the day that we live, the Lord God has chosen his people and he is calling them. Today is a day of victory for the church. God sent me with this message to show you how to achieve victory. Perfect love cast out all fear. There is 
panic right now. And that tormenting spirit of fear is prevailing in the earth. But God said to the church in 2 Timothy 1, 7, I did not give you the spirit of fear. I gave you love, courage, and a sound mind. Have we forgotten that? He didn't give us that spirit of fear. It doesn't belong to the church. We aren't to be in a panic and in pandemonia. That's not what we're in with this huge emotional upriving. He didn't give us that spirit. He gave us love, courage, and a sound mind. When we go through trials, when there is persecution, when there is betrayal, when health is failing, bills are mounting up, and you receive a letter of threat from a bill collector, when we know that in difficult situations that God is going to prevail for us, when we trust him, that's when we see the victory. When we are praying and seeking him and keeping an intimate relationship with him, when we take a hold of the hem of his garment and refuse to let him go, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, saith the Lord. So we hold on to God in difficult circumstances. And when we do this, he heals, he protects, he provides, he delivers, he gives provisions to his people, when we begin to trust him more and more through trials and circumstances, and we take the victory through the love of God, through the bond that we have with him, that's when we understand that perfect love cast out all fear. That perfect love that you develop by staying close to him in the midst of a panic of every nation of the world. But when the church holds on to the hand of God and will not give up their discipline, when you're praying three times a day and you're seeking God and you're dwelling in the secret place and then he delivers you, your love for him increases. Oh, my goodness. i give you an example in my own life. My children's father and I married more than a quarter of a century. And when trials and situations would come up, I would run to him and say, you know, Cornell, this is going on. What are we going to do? And then, you know, maybe it was death in the family. And right there by my side, just every single trial we faced together as one, an amazing relationship. Do you know that over the years, the relationship became so golden, there was never any fear. I knew I could always turn to him. I knew that he would always answer. I knew that whatever it was that God was going to move for me. But the only thing was, I actually thought it was my husband doing the moving, even though I was praying. And as I got older, I began to understand that God was moving through him. It wasn't him that was answering the prayer. God was using him to answer the prayer. But I'm talking about perfect love that cast out fear. That's why David would look back on the things that God had done for him. When other nations were going to come against him and wipe out his kingdom, and he would call on God and God would answer. The more trials that David went through if we read through the Psalms, he gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And if you look at the course of his life, Israel had never known a time of peace. 
as it knew in the 40 years that David was king of Israel. David had a perfect love with God, and it cast out his fear. He would rush to him in his time of greatest need, and God would prevail. God gave him mighty men of war, and they were skilled warriors. But yet David's confidence, his confidence was not in his warriors. His confidence was in his God. If we place our confidence anyplace else, we will lose the opportunity to experience the perfect love that cast out all fear. I know oftentimes the church has wondered, why am I so afraid? I thought perfect love cast out all fear, but it is the fire that's seven times hotter. It is the fire of affliction. And when God is with you and you refuse to give in and be defeated, when you know that he is going to prevail for you, that intimate relationship that you keep develops a stronger love for him. And when the next trial comes up, you will finally come to a place where you know that you know that you really do know that he is going to prevail for you. And then you have a glimpse of perfect love that cast out all fear. That experience, that intimate relationship the bond that you have with him will get stronger and stronger and you will walk about without any doubt. And when circumstance come up, you'll be able to say all is well, all is well with my savior. You'll know that God is going to prevail. God has put an action plan in place for the church. He is vindicating the church so that it may prosper. The church will experience in these days resurrection life and resurrection power. And there is a difference, but we'll go into that in another lesson. God is saying that he is comforting the church. He's not angry with the church. God is angry with godlessness. The church is not the building. The church is the people of God. He said, my house will be a house of prayer. Your body is the temple of the living God. It is to be a house of prayer. God is raising up the church right now, and he's shaking the nations and the nations of the world. Anything that isn't anchored will be moved. Your anchor must be infallible. It must be immutable. Immutable meaning it isn't changeable. Nothing will change it. It is solid. No matter what the course of events that comes up, no matter what has happened in history or happens in the future, what you must be anchored to must be immutable, immovable. It cannot change. It will not conform. And the only thing that is immutable is the word of God. Jesus is the living word. And then there is his written word. It is immutable. 
Oh, my goodness. Now is the time to fast and pray, to study, to seek God, to go into the secret place, go into repentance. And no one is above repenting right now, repenting for any sins that have been committed in our lives, because the windows of heaven are open with compassion and forgiveness right now, because there's going to come a day where the Lord says, ye that are holy, remain holy, and ye that are filthy, remain filthy. But right now, the windows of heaven are open, and the Lord is pouring out compassion, and Jesus is at the door knocking for anyone who will allow him into their heart. God isn't angry with the church. He's angry with godlessness. Always remember that. And he's calling the church to that place of repentance as he releases the powerful anointing over the church that you and I have been talking about for the last few years. That place where miracles, signs and wonders follow. And as he is doing this, God is shaking his head at those that are living godless. They're living godless. They have no laws. They have no limitations on the depth that they will go that is pressing and pushing against the word of God. He will take action and vindicate the church right now and the church will prosper as he shakes the world. Stay under the shadow of the almighty. Pray three times a day. Repent. Go into contrition. Confess any sin unto God. Get in that quiet place where it's you and God and no one else can hear. There's something about speaking our confession out loud. It's something about that that requires of our soul that we commit to not do what we are confessing, not to do that again. Oh, God is calling the church to a place of power, repentance, forgiveness, and confession. It purifies the soul. That's the vessel that God can use to do the mighty works in the last days that we live as he shakes the nations. God is resetting the church. He is calling us to come apart a while. What does darkness have to do with light? What does good have to do with evil? He's saying, separate yourself from the world, child of God, and the world who will hear his word, who will heed unto him. He's saying, come unto me, all that are heavy laden. Come into his place of rest, his place of prosperity. Remember that prosperity, prospering starts from within. It doesn't start from the without. It starts from within. We're talking about changing our inner life. That's where God is calling the church to today, to fast and to pray and to seek his face. And he will answer with signs and wonders, deeds too numerous to tell. Won't you join us as prayers heard in heaven Fast and pray. We meet every night at 815 on our conference line and we're praying. We have a lesson and we pray and we seek God 
for the nation and the nations of the world. We're seeking God for first responders. We're seeking God and thanking him for our medical professionals, for our police officers, for everyone, all of our first responders that are out there on the field. We're praying for our president. We're praying for our governors and our mayors and our judges, all of our decision makers. We're praying and seeking God for them to protect their lives. We're praying for those who do not know him to come to know him, to come into a place of true repentance while the doors of heaven are still open. And he says, come unto me. Jesus stands at the door knocking for anyone who will allow him to come in as he shakes the nation and the nations of the world. Remember that our soul must be anchored as there is a storm right now out on the oceans of the world. But if our soul is anchored in Jesus, then we are secure. There's an old song, if you remember that song. There's a storm out on the ocean, and it's moving this away. If your soul's not anchored in Jesus, you will surely drift away. It's an old song they used to sing when I was a child. You don't hear that song much, but that song defines the time that we live in right now. Our soul must be anchored to Jesus. This is a time where we're careful with what we say, what we do, how we treat one another. The Bible says, treat everyone kind, but be especially kind to those of the household of faith. Go to our website and join our fasting and praying as we arise as a church and the body of Christ. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. 